Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to The Men of Valor Program. Uh, we are here toward the end of October, Randy, and we are... Uh, actually, today is Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Mark, I was just going to say, you can't get any later in the month than it is today. It's October 31st, which is also Halloween. So uh, All Saints Day, uh, I prefer. Okay, all right. Okay. But anyway, you know, it's yes, it's Halloween. <laughs> and <laughs> last night we tried to go to our local grocery store to get uh, uh, dinner, which they have, you know, quite a nice deli and everything else. Uh, and they were having uh, trick or treat day for the uh, for the young kids. Oh, really? And it was just uh, it was a zoo. I think uh, <laughs> it was just and, and given some of the costumes more ways than when it was a zoo. But okay, so it's Halloween, and uh, Halloween has nothing to do with what I kind of intended to talk about today. And that is, and by the way, I'm aware that uh, there's a lot of times like today when we are. Uh, repeating certain themes, uh, maybe pulling one out to emphasize it a little bit more than at other times. And uh, so that's that's true today. And what I would like to emphasize the fact is that addiction recovery is so much more than stopping something. It's also about starting something. Right. And you've said that before in, in the from the standpoint of uh, so often when we have the men that come to us and they've been struggling for, in many cases, the majority of their life mm-hmm. with a, with a sexual purity issues uh, and addictions that, um, you know, you have said that it's equally important to not only focus on stopping those behaviors, but in starting behaviors that are much more uh, affirming and uh, life-enriching. Matters of uh, self-care. By the way, for those of you that are astute listeners, uh, and you can put yourself in whatever category you want to, uh, you would recognize that this is Nehemiah Principle 6 from my, from my Nehemiah Principles, the seven principles of highly accountable men. Uh, it's uh, the part in the book of Nehemiah where uh, Nehemiah is dividing the workforce into... Uh, into two equal parts, and the one part is defending, so in other words, stopping the attack, but the other part uh, is uh, building the wall. So so anyway, that's what I think of uh, uh, when I think about this. I think of Nehemiah Principle 6. I also think about uh, words that we often refer to, Paul in uh, Romans 7, verse 15, when he says, the good that I would, uh, I don't do, and the evil that I hate, that's what I do. Which, which is interesting, you know, the good that I would uh, comes first, you know. Right. I think there's an assumption there based on the Greek preposition that if you're not doing good things, uh, you may be more uh, vulnerable to doing uh, bad things. So anyway, the good that I would, uh, I'd, I have a hard time doing and whatever. I, I think the point here is that given our nature uh, that we inherit as original sinners, uh, it's, it's equally hard for us to start something as it is to stop something. And at the same time, that that phrase, that that passage, you know, says to me that maybe at, at the heart of most of us, our intention is to do something good. That's right. Yeah, you know, I think our intentions are good. Yeah. Our intentions are good, and yet our, our, by, by our own sinful nature, we tend to do the opposite. Uh, that, is, that is true. So 
Uh, today in the show, I kind of want to encourage people around, you know, what might they be doing to build something, to create something, to exercise their passion. One of the things we've always talked about is that, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, people are born uh, with an innate uh, ability to be passionate about things. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not just a matter of our sexuality. I mean, our sexuality is creative, productive, and uh, passionate. Uh, and uh, But I think all of us, uh, in addition to be getting, being uh, given kind of a sexual drive, I mean, God said to be fruitful and multiply, I think God, uh, from the moment of our conception, had a plan for our lives, had something he needed us to do to fulfill his will for our lives. And, you know, part of our job is to... Uh, discover what that might be. And first of all, start out by looking for it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you realize that God has blessed us with unique talents, mm -hmm. um, I think that it's, uh, it's upon us to, uh, first of all, be grateful for those blessings, but on top of them, try to identify them so that we can mm -hmm. search them out, so that we can pursue them, fine-tune them, and excel. And uh, I think that just sometimes people are looking for an internal drive, an internal motivation to find those skills that God's blessed us with. Well, they may, uh, yeah, they may be looking for something that just kind of... Uh come so naturally or that, uh, you know, the handwriting about it is written on the wall or, you know, they just have a lot of uh, energy for it. And that may not be true. Uh, right. Uh, it may be that you have to uh, kind of discern. Well, you know, let's start talking about, I think, discernment. I think okay. uh, one of the things that might be helpful to our listeners is to uh, talk about uh, how you might know what it is that you're really passionate about. I think the listeners would appreciate that. Okay. One of the things, uh, one of the stories, and, you know, there's times when I wonder, you know, how many uh, times I tell a story, and maybe I tell it too often, but go, you, like <laughs> you were going to say something. Oh, just this smart alley comment that you would assume would be coming from me. I was going yeah. to say I've already heard that one, but it's, <laughs> you hadn't started to tell the story yet, so okay, well, go ahead. Yeah, well, this one is, I get a lot of my stories from uh, movies, and uh, what I identify sometimes as my favorite movies. And this is definitely one of my favorite movies. It's uh, Chariots of Fire. It was a, this great movie that came out about the 1924 Olympic Games and uh, the juxtaposition of two runners. The movie is really about uh, showing uh, in these two runners uh, kind of opposing uh, motivations uh, for running. And uh, uh, there is this uh, English runner, uh, Harold Abrahams, who is uh, uh, Jewish by heritage and uh, is, has felt all his life, like even though his, his father and family has made a lot of money, they were in the uh, apartment uh, store uh, business. I think they were the owners and maybe still are of, uh, well, the guy who actually uh, funded this movie and produced this movie is uh, the owner, the, their family is the owner of this famous store in London called Harrods. Oh, sure. And, uh, but uh, they are also, the, the guy that produced this movie is the guy that was killed in the car crash with Princess Diana because they were dating. And I think he, being of uh, Middle Eastern background, was, uh, was looking to date the princess in order to be accepted into uh, English culture. But in our story of the two uh, Olympic runners, runners Harold Abrams is... Uh, looking to be the world's fastest man in, in terms of the 100-meter dash uh, so that he might be accepted in English society. 
he eventually does win the, uh, by the way, spoiler alert. But uh, he, <laughs> A movie that's 25 years old, but yeah, go ahead, spoiler right, alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he does win the gold medal at the Olympic Games. He hires professional coaches. He goes through an incredible amount of anxiety about this. And uh, what, what the movie portrays is that when, when this is over and he's won the medal, it doesn't really give him a sense of joy. Uh, he gets off the train when the team is returning to London, and he's like the last one off, and it's like uh, he's finally achieved his lifelong goal, and it, it's like brought him no joy. The other runner, Eric Little, is uh, from Scotland, and he, uh, his family are missionary missionaries to China, and uh, he has come back from China to complete his theological education uh, so that he can go back to China. That's ostensibly the idea, which in fact is what he does. And his sister comes with him, according to this movie, to kind of uh, babysit him, I think. Maybe it's a patriarchal notion that you need a woman around you to wash your clothes and make sure you show up to things on time. And so she's concerned when he starts running and winning all these races that uh, as he's training, that he's wasting his time on this train. Yeah. And so he finally takes her on a walk in the hills overlooking Edinburgh, and uh, he says to her, and this is, this is all the setup to where I'm going with this, he said, uh, he says, Jenny, I know that the Lord made me for China. So in other words, he knows that God has a plan for his life to be a missionary in China. He said, and, or but, he also made me fast. And then this is the key, the key uh, phrase. He said, when I run, I feel his pleasure. And so that's what I kind of point our listeners to. Uh, what are you doing when you have some sense that God is pleased or that, that you feel his pleasure, uh, you feel the joy of what you're doing because it's what you were meant to do. Yeah, what is that activity in your yeah. life that you're doing yeah. that you have that unique feeling and sensation that what you're doing is uh, is pleasing God. Yeah, that's right. So, and I, you know, I can hear uh, the, the negative uh, uh, influences out there. Maybe it's, you know, the satanic influences that says, well, you know, maybe you don't have any kind of special talent. Maybe you don't have anything that gives God pleasure. And I just violently disagree with that. I think we all have something, and probably multiple things, that when we're doing them, uh, we have a sense that we're doing the right thing. And that God is quite pleased with us. Yeah. One of the way. well, why don't we save what uh, this next point for, uh, you know, after our break, but uh, I do want to talk a lot more uh, or a little more about, you know, how we find out what it is that we're supposed to start doing. That's the theme of the show today. Well, let's take that break right now. Good timing, Mark. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Nobody loves me like you love me. struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops 
led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Trigger of the week. Uh, trigger of the week. Uh, in our amazing ability to do research, we uh, you popped into Sherry Trotman's office right before the show, and she gave us the trigger of the week. So You're giving away our say? show, our, our our pre-show, you know, program, you know, planning and. And uh, sure, this happened 30 seconds before we started the show, but we were in need of a trigger of the week. So we returned to, we turned to our reliable, as always, uh, administrator, Sherry, and she came up with a very timely trigger. Right. Well, I already identified the fact that we're recording the show on Halloween, and uh, she said, uh, well, you say, right? It's well, suggestive I think, costumes. I yeah. Think. It's that time of year with... Halloween parties all over. It isn't always young children coming to your door looking yeah, for candy, yeah. but there will be adult Halloween parties. And oftentimes, and it seems especially so in our current culture, that a lot of these adult costumes are inappropriate. And uh, yeah. and so sometimes you wonder what people are thinking when yeah. they select the theme of their costume. But uh, our trigger of the week is inappropriate Halloween costumes. Well, you know, now that uh, we're talking about it, I'm, uh, I'm remembering something that I hadn't thought about in years and years and years and years. But when I was in seminary, we attended uh, one of these uh, one of these seminary Halloween parties. You know, you would think it's a seminary, a theological education. It's safe, but given the fact that we were seminary students, certain ones were dressed up in biblical costumes. And uh, one couple, I'll never forget it. This is 1970, kind of the introduction to the free love period and all this craziness that was going on, streaking across college campuses. One couple showed up uh, ostensibly dressed as Adam and Eve. Before the fall. <laughs> Where did they find fig leaves? Uh, well, that's, that's my point. They didn't need fig leaves oh. because before the fall, they were naked and not ashamed. It was after the fall that they put on clothes. <laughs> I blew the punchline by, by uh, trying to give credit to fig leaves. Well, they were, let me just say, uh, Randy, in terms of our <laughs> trigger of the week, yeah. they, were, they showed up at this party, literally, they were completely both naked. Yeah. Well, that's as, that, that's a re, re, that's a really what's the word I'm looking for revealing fact revealing fact. Thank you, Randy. Well, anyway, okay, um, that's enough of that. Uh, I don't want to trigger anybody's imagination in terms of what they look like. But let me just say, as a as a sex addict, not in recovery back then in those days. I mean, that was that was a huge, massive trigger. And uh, but I'm I'm sure some of these. Adult Halloween parties today can equally be that. So, well, let's bring our listeners, Mark, back to today's uh, topic. Okay, 
We're trying to figure out how to start things that are matters of our creativity, our productivity, our passion. We're trying to figure out what God's plan for our life uh, in terms of uh, his sense of pleasure with us might be. And uh, we were talking about the story of the two runners. And I think with Eric Little there, the runner, uh, even it's depicted in the movie that when he, he is running, he kind of throws his head back. He's, he's closing his eyes. He doesn't even have a sense of where he's going. And yet you can just tell that he's, he's in the flow with what God wants him to do. I you know, like to think about this for myself just in terms of, okay, where should I devote more energy to? And uh, I've always felt that uh, one of the times when I feel God's pleasure is when I'm speaking, and I'm, and I'm kind of in the flow. I'm not necessarily in the flow because I've done a massive amount of preparation for the speech, or I've got, thanks to you, a, a magnificent PowerPoint presentation. But, you know, when I get into it, I just kind of feel like words are coming to me, and I'm not quite sure where exactly they're all coming from. And uh, it's not that I haven't thought about them before, I haven't given the speech before, or any of that. It's just that, that, that there is that spiritual sensation that I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm educating someone about something that God wants them to know. Likewise, uh, for me, uh, I haven't done this as much in the last couple of years, but writing books, you know, there are times when I'm, when I'm typing away at the, you know, see, that's how old I am, I'm typing. I'm, I'm typing away at the computer keyboard, and I, and I just feel like there's something kind of taken over of the speed and the content of what, it's, it's not that I'm trying to say in a narcissistic way that, you know, all of my books and all of my speeches are divinely inspired. I'm just saying that there are times when I feel like I'm, I have access to greater wisdom than, than there is my own. It's kind of like Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. He's, he's taking control of you as you're writing. That example reminds me of the story that you've shared, I think, on the show before, in which you procrastinated in writing your yeah, book right. and putting it off and putting it off and putting it off until yeah. you finally turned mm-hmm. to uh, Dr. Carnes in, in kind of frustration saying, I'm, yeah, I keep I'm putting, stuck, I'm yeah. stuck. I keep putting yeah. this off. And, and then he mm-hmm. just kind of gives you that challenge as well. How many pages do you think you're capable of re of writing in a given night? And, right. you know, do you think you could write two pages and do you mm-hmm. think you could write? And then you, you begin that process, and as you're telling me this, your face lights up when you tell that story. Oh, okay. Be- because mm-hmm. there is there is mm-hmm. like an instant recall of the inspiration. Yeah. You 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 put yourself you take yourself back to that time, and you know what it's mm-hmm. like when you get on a roll. Mm-hmm. And that is you you know God blesses you with the thought. He blesses you with the theme of what you're trying to say, and then. It just takes over. And the next thing you know is, hey, I was trying to write two pages. I was trying to write 10 pages, and here you've written 30. Yeah. You know, it just, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. you just get on this uh, divinely inspired uh, role. And I, I think that happens when you tap into your, your passion, and writing mm-hmm. and teaching are most definitely passions of yours. Well, we're trying to be helpful to other people, so I'm just giving you my example. And by the way, it's a good segue in the sense that when we talk about accountability, you know, uh, Dr. Carnes provided accountability for me there. And accountability, one of the things I've always said about that story is he did call me every night until the book was done. And uh, it never once did he ask me what I was not doing. Here it is. Here he is, the founder of the field of sex addiction. He never asked me once if I'd been 
attempted to masturbate that, that day, just in terms of managing my frustration with the book. But he never asked me that. He always asked me if I had been writing. So uh, I've always said that there's, there's just as much about accountability that's uh, not about discouragement, but it's about encouragement. So I would, I would ask the listeners to think about it if they can, have a conversation with each other as spouses, uh, have a conversation with each other in your uh, support groups. Uh, I know we have some that are listening to the show. Uh, when, when have there been times when you've been feeling like you're in that flow, like you're, you're, you're doing something that God really wants you to do? By the way, it doesn't need to be income producing. It doesn't need to be productive necessarily to the world. It, but it, you do feel like you're doing something that God wants you to be doing. Now, another way to know this is that when you're in conversation, it's like you just said about, you know, when I was telling or you were telling whatever the story, it's like my face lit up. So ask other people around you, when do you notice that my face lights up or that my, uh, you know, my energy level seems higher or uh, that my creativity seems to be elevated or whatever it is. And if people will be honest with you, they may help you to identify you know, what it is that God intends for you to do. Well, a perfect example is we have been working the last couple of days, finally, a project that we've been talking about for a couple of years, and that is to try and have you professionally videotaped teaching the the sessions that you teach at the Men of Valor workshop, uh, just because there are times that because of schedules uh, and or health or whatever, that, that you go, boy, I'm, I'm really not feeling well today, but I know I need to deliver this message. You know, wouldn't it be great if we had a great video of that presentation? Mm-hmm. And so when you came in these last two mornings to do these video sessions, beginning of the day, the flow is not quite there yet for well, you. You're, you're being kind. I, I dragged in. Yeah, you, you can be a little <laughs> sad, sad, sad looking in the morning with with the energy level. But but what happens is you come in, we get you comfortable, the whole thing, and then there's that switch, and it's a divine intervention switch in which you flip it and you go into Dr. Mark Laser, the teacher. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that I. I flip it, but I think what happens is that I start. Yeah. And maybe that's not a bad point to end on. You start something, and you wait for God to give you the energy. That's exactly right. And once that starts, it, it, you're almost guaranteed of good things to yeah. follow. You better darn well get out of God's way because he's going to have his way with you. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. You know, and when we're all done, the videographer says, I'm done with the one hit, oh, the one take wonder. He just was amazed how mm-hmm. there was no stam- stammering, as I stammered. Yeah. There's no stuttering. There's no stammering. There's no get lost. Yeah. Where was I? What was I trying to say? It is obviously the inspiration of God coming through you. Yeah. And it's... Uh, you know, we encourage our listeners to find what that is in their life, oh, yeah, right. because when you do identify what those gifts are, and then you concentrate on them or focus on them, it becomes part of your healing journey, doesn't it, Mark? It really does. And it's it's when we think about taking it with our captive, it's like you're going to have all kind of thoughts about what you're supposed to be doing, not negative thoughts about what you shouldn't be doing. And that's what Paul was saying. You know, Lord, give me help with the things I need to start. 
That's a great way to end the show right there. The perfect the perfect way to end it. Uh, we'd like to thank you for joining us again today on the Men of Valor program. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host. And uh, we thank you sincerely for the time that you take to listen to these podcasts. The feedback that we are getting on the show uh, is very, very encouraging. And we, uh, we really appreciate that. We hope that this coming week is going to be a week for you that's filled with many blessings and with great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.